We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. As always, I'm Sue Barrow here, Johnny Gomez. So for this podcast, we I'm not going to be around next week, so that we were planning on recording a double podcast and doing a big debate on the Hall of Fame class and whether Tory Holt will or should make it. And then, thankfully, I looked. Because they're announcing this during the NFL Honors on Thursday. So we're going to do it today. Uh, so no pod next week. But Johnny, I'm excited for this conversation. Because it's uh, another year where they do not have enough spots in the Hall of Fame. I it, It's one of those things where in our minds as, as Rand fans... Tory Holt should be a lock for the Hall of Fame. And and he is a lock for the Hall of Fame. But it's kind of when. And, you know, uh, it, it's kind of something you and I harp on every year um, since he's been eligible. But, you know, now it's like, why isn't he in yet? And the truth is, there's, there's so many talented wide receivers in the NFL, especially since it's become like a passing league. So the more and more that these wide receivers, especially in in modern day NFL, become eligible for Hall of Fame, it's going to get even more difficult. Can you imagine now that you have all these great wide receivers uh, that will be eventually eligible? We're going to be having this debate, but with different players. You know, that's that's insane. And, and Tory Holt is basically a part of that as well. So it, it won't be just Tory Holt. It'll be other players that we feel 
um, deserve to be in it. There's truthfully still guys out there that have been eligible for years um, that I would love to see there. But yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things where it's it's going to get harder and harder each year. He's a not the only guy who definitely should be on the Hall of Fame who's been on the ballot for like five years who's not in yet on the ballot this year. And he's also not the only Hall of Fame wide receiver on the ballot this year. So it's it's another interesting year. And I, I'm excited to dip into that. Be Before we hop into there, I do want to talk about uh, the, the continued coaching carousel. We have news and we have non-news. The news is that the Rams hire Nick Cayley from New England to be their tight ends coach. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but Cayley is pretty revered around the NFL. It seems like he interviewed for a couple offensive coordinator jobs. So I guess one of the splashiest tight end coaches you could hire. Uh, for those who don't remember, last year Thomas Brown was a tight ends coach and he then also became the running backs coach and he's been interviewing for a lot of gigs. So it's not a nothing job and you know, I don't have any I'm not going to sit here and act like I have actual takes about Nick Kelly. I do not. But just a notable thing. Johnny, you have any thoughts on this? Just that I'm glad that, you know, we're getting some some quality coaches to replace quality coaches, if that makes sense. Uh, because no matter what, there's we, we've seen this year in and year out under the Sean McVay coaching tree. Poached. And it's no different this year. Uh, now, while technically guys like Thomas Brown and um, we're still waiting about Raheem Morris, which we'll get into later, uh, there's a possibility that these guys are going to get poached this year. If not this year, for sure next year, I imagine. Um, so to, to have these quality guys, it's kind of – they're not just replacing them with – Okay, uh, let's say like a, well, like a Liam Cohen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and right, like you said, Thomas Brown's still employed by the team. He hasn't gotten a new job yet. He might, but also a decent chance he lands back here. So yeah, it's good to get a lot of smart people in the room, or at least what we're told, smart people. Uh, it doesn't seem like any of these guys aren't smart people. So uh, he's building a nice staff there. Now, on the flip side of this is defensively, Raheem Morris is still in the mix as far as we're aware for the Colts head coaching job. They are taking their time. Every defensive coordinator candidate is getting hired. And so, like, I don't want to root against the guy, but what do we do if if he gets his job now? Uh, It seems like every big candidate is just being plucked. It's, it's what makes this whole situation challenging. And I've actually seen like a a couple of people on Twitter suggest that there should be some type of safeguard for this type of situation. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, I don't know if there's like a legitimate way without there being like too confusing or too complex to implement some kind of 
rule to protect teams like the Rams from getting their coaches poached too late. Um, but yeah, it, it does, it does kind of bring up an interesting point. You know, I, it's, it's a, technically a smart tactic by the, by the Colts. I mean, in essence, what is their rush? You know? Yeah. And so and that's kind of what I'm looking at there, but, uh, are still got there but it's it's becoming a shorter and shorter list the longer the the Colts take and let's face it they they know exactly what they're doing I I I was pretty convinced that Raheem Morris had a really good chance at this job and I don't know how you feel the longest this goes on, the longer this goes on, the more inclined I'm thinking that they're going to hire Jeff Saturday. Like the waiting, it just seems like Ursa is trying to convince everyone in the building that they should be hiring Jeff Saturday. You know, I I hope that's the case, and I'm praying that's the case. But I feel like the longer on, I think that they're going to go with Raheem Morris, which makes me a little bit we uh, anxious because, you know, a- as I was, you know, um, you know, checking my notes here for a second, there was a guy that I was targeting or, or what I was hoping the Rams would target uh, should Raheem Morris leave for the Colts job. And just a few hours ago, he just got signed. Um to become the Vikings defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. Ah, yep. Flores um, is off the market. Evero from the Broncos is off the market. Vic Fangio is off the market. It's it's getting dry out there. Yeah, it, it's getting to the point where you're the Rams are really going to have to like take a much bigger risk with uh, you know maybe someone that doesn't have uh, nearly as experience uh, as much experience as those guys do. Um, so it, it's now coming to the point where I hope that that Raheem Morris is our defensive coordinator next, next season. Yeah. You and me both, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll figure it out if he gets a job, but I I don't know. It's, it's getting a little terrifying out there. If he, if he does get the job, we'll see what happens. If he gets it good for him, you know, he's earned it. Certainly earned it more than Jeff Saturday has, but we we will see what happens. Oh man, and that, like I I I don't even know if there's a comp. Like, imagine if we were sitting here like listing out qualified head coaching candidates, and then like 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 I don't know, like Andrew Whitworth was like the sixth one to be our head coach. Like, just no experience, hasn't worked anywhere. Coming off the coming off the the Amazon Studios desk and and getting the job, you know I wouldn't oppose the idea of Big Wit being our offensive line coach. No, hell yeah, I love. I think I literally think he is an open invitation for that job. Like I, I, that's what it seems like. Uh, they have set last year. Yeah, uh, I I don't think he wants to, but I yeah I think they would offer him that job in a second. I mean. If I'm getting paid 
to to do commentary um and as much as he's getting paid i'm sure i i would probably stick with that if i'm being honest oh yeah if i had like a lengthy nfl career where i made a shitload of money i am not coaching man <laughs> like it's just it's such a commitment and like you get paid well but if you've already like made tons of money like i i think that's why you don't really see huge name players become coaches that often especially in the nfl i think you see it like a little bit more in the nba but like like a lot of people say like they think chris paul will be a head coach why the fuck would he put himself through that he's made so much money i like just just i i wouldn't do it but i don't know some people are built i mean there was a there was a period where you know some of those big name players in the nba were were becoming head coaches it's kind of fizzled out since then you know guys like Derek fisher walton jason kidd okay uh, the first two players on that list johnny are not big name players they're big enough. Derek Fisher's big enough. Luke Walton is not. Uh, but no, yeah, like Jason, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Like, yeah, those, you, you are correct. But Jason, Jason Kidd's still in. Yeah, that's true. The, the yeah. Derek Fisher, like, types, I feel like are the former players that usually get coaching jobs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, though, like because it's a good point that you brought up that you don't really see that that often in the NFL. No, yeah, well, because it's, I think it's you. It's hard. Like, look at Jeff Saturday. Like, it's pretty hard to justify giving a former player the head coaching job right away. Um, and that's not just former players. It's giving anyone without coaching head coaching experience in the NFL or just coaching experience in general a head coaching job. Rarely, almost never happens. It happens sometimes in the NBA because it's. I like I think out of all the sports probably the most player driven league versus coaching. Um but in the NFL like yeah you you get to work your way up and like why why would somebody like Peyton Manning want to work their way up? Like even Andrew Whitworth like it's a lot of work, a lot of hours. You're getting paid substantially less money than you made as a player. And you know, like you're not going to you're not going to put there's 
you could probably count the number of players on your hand on your hands that could potentially be a head coach without any other experience. And it's like Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and that's probably it. <laughs> like Peyton Manning could get a head coaching job if he wanted to. I'm sure somebody would do it. Would it be a good decision? Easily. I don't know, but like. I don't know. Like, I don't think Andrew Whitworth could. And is it worth his time to be an offensive line coach? I, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, you you got to want to be a coach, in my opinion. Right. You have to not like you have to live and breathe the sport in a way that other people don't. That like you want to go from retiring to coaching when you have other avenues that you can make good money doing or don't need the money. Because it is usually guys like Kellen Moore, like played in the NFL, but didn't do it at all a ton. Um, I guess D'Amico Ryan's is kind of a rare example. Yeah, that that's actually a pretty good example. Yeah, he's he's probably the highest caliber former player coaching. Well. Jeff Saturday was a pretty damn good. He player. doesn't count because he just got put in the job for no fucking reason. That was the whole point. <laughs> he was a pretty damn good player, you're, though. You're correct. You're correct. But <laughs> that was the, that was the whole point. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some former players here, Johnny. Let's let's get in the Hall of Fame. So. I'm going to name the player. Obviously, Torrey Hall, he's a finalist. This is his ninth year on the ballot. This is his fourth straight year as a finalist, which is a whole mess of issues why we're here. The players on the ballot this year alongside of him are, there's 15, five of them get in. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, and Darren Woodson. So a a mix of guys who retired a bit ago. Some of these guys retired a long time ago. Some of them retired pretty recently. I, what do you think? I think the best place to start is probably debating Torrey Hall against Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson, and then looking at the class as a whole. What do you think? I mean, Torrey Holt was definitely one of those players that, you know, you can instantly name him as, you know, one of the uh, top receivers in, in a in a generation. You know, maybe he wasn't the top of the top, but he certainly wasn't far away from it. And uh, not to say that Reggie Wayne or Andre Johnson is, you know, that far behind them or anything. But I, I just think that Tory Holt has a has a you know being part of uh, an instrumental offense like the greatest show on turf. He was a big part of that, you know. And uh, it, it's just incredible to me that it's taking this long to get him in. Um, I do think that both uh, you know Johnson and Wayne definitely deserve to get in at some point. Just uh, I think it, I'd be hard pressed to say either one of them deserve to get in before Holt. And that's that's the issue is that Tory Holt shouldn't be on the ballot anymore. And I'm going to run through – I'll run through all three of these guys' accolades because it is close. 
And if it was all three of their first years as finalists, it might be a different conversation. But the way these things work is like people just have to wait to get their dues sometimes. And ultimately it would be, well, well, let let me run through everybody's accolades here. Uh, We'll start with Tori. I mentioned this is ninth year on the ballot, four straight years as a finalist. Uh, It took him five years to be a finalist, which is fucking crazy. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, one on the first team, one on the second team, Super Bowl champion in 99, made it to two, led the NFL in receiving yards twice in his career, receptions once. He has six straight, had six straight seasons with over 1,300 yards and 90 receptions. The six straight years of over 1,300 yards is an NFL record. Same with the receptions. Nobody's ever done either of those. He's one of three players to record 1,600 yards twice. Nobody's done it more than twice. Uh, The players that have also all done that are Marvin Harrison, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, and Justin Jefferson. So that's all either Hall of Famers, guys who will be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, through this exercise, I've learned how out, out of control Justin Jefferson's first three years are. And that's another topic because... He's on pace to be the best receiver to ever play if he keeps it up. Um, Torrey also, between 2000 and 2008, had the most receptions, yards, and first downs for a receiver in the league. All time, and I think this is what's kind of dogging him, is that he he had a pretty – his peak was basically his whole career. Um, what did he play, eight, eight or nine years? Uh, I – I forgot to prepare that. Give me one second. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He actually played eleven years. Um, he had eight straight a thousand yard seasons and six straight sixteen hundred yard seasons, and then after the two thousand seven season, where he had a little under twelve hundred yards, he had a okay year in two thousand eight. Uh, not great year in Jacksonville, and then his career is over. And so I think that's kind of what is dogging him. He only ended, only we're saying, 17th all-time in receiving yards, 22nd in receptions, 40th in touchdown. All respectable stats. These are all Hall of Fame numbers. He was on the 2000s All-Decades team. Only wide receiver from that group to not be in the Hall of Fame out of the four. Uh, There's actually five players of the 15 were on that All-Decades team on this ballot, which is crazy. And I think the one of the stats that kind of tells the most about him is... He had 77.4 yards per game, which is eighth all-time. The only retired NFL players who are ahead of him are Calvin Johnson and Antonio Brown. So it's a list that's constantly in flux with players because, you know, if you're the longer you're in the NFL, the more likely you are to fall on that list. Tori, Cooper Cup's actually sixth right now, which is insane. Uh, Justin Jefferson's first because, of course, he is. So that's that's the case for Halt. There's there's no case against him because he he has a Hall of Fame resume. It's it's just a matter of when. Now there are 15 players competing for these five spots, and I think the vast majority of the guys on this list are going to get in the Hall of Fame at some point. So it's not easy pickings. And Johnny, I think when you don't dig into the numbers. It's a lot easier to dismiss the cases for the other two guys here against Story Hall, but once you really look into it, like 
I I genuinely think that these three guys have very similar careers. Like I, if you're ranking the best players of all time based on the totality of their careers, these guys are all very close. Uh, Reggie Wayne, he's on the ballot for the fourth time, been a finalist every year. Also a Super Bowl champ, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, including one first team. Um, he is 10th all-time in receptions, 10th all-time in yards, 28th in touchdowns. So he's ahead of Torrey in, in uh, I think he's ahead of him in all three categories. But he played for 13 years. Torrey only played for nine. Um, wait, did I say nine or 11? 11. Okay, so he played two years longer than Hall, which, which you know, it adds up. Um, he had seven straight years with 1,000 yards. Torrey had eight. Um, Reggie Wayne had six straight seasons with 1,200 yards. Torrey Holt had six straight with 1,300 yards. Uh, he led the NFL in receiving yards once. And looking at Andre Johnson, who played 14 years, He's in his second year on the ballot, second year as a finalist, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, including two first teams. Led the NFL in receptions and yards twice. He has the NFL record for most seasons with 100 receptions or 1,400 yards with four of them. He has three seasons over 1,500 yards. He has seven total 1,000-yard seasons. He's 11th all-time receptions, 11th all-time in yards, 49th in touchdowns. So he's ahead of Hall in two of the three categories, not touchdowns. Uh, I think when you talk about who these guys played with, you know, Reggie Wayne played with Peyton Manning for most of his career. Uh, Torrey Hall played with Kurt Warner and then Mark Bolger. And Andre Johnson played with Matt Schaub for the majority of his career. So, like, you <laughs> This honestly, like I, I, I kind of just figured I wouldn't really consider Andre Johnson here at all. But I think if you, in a vacuum, if you stack up these three players, there's a strong case for him being the top. I think I would probably still go with Torrey Holt, even if they were all in their first put years on the ballot. I think that's a little known homer bias here. Um, I think you could make the case for Johnson. I, th- I think Wayne, like put everything together i think he's probably the third best but they're very close um and i think it has to be Holt out of this group because he's in his ninth year on the ballot reggie wayne's in his fourth andre johnson's in his second that stuff shouldn't matter but it does and so like it's so close i think you got to give it to the guy who's been on the ballot i think one of these guys will get in uh, just looking at the landscape of the finalists. And if they don't, it's because they probably canceled each other out, which would stink. Um, this shit is weird. But I, I think I think it would be Halt in this. I don't know. Like, it's very close, right? Like, these are three pretty similar players and careers. If, if not, can they my boy Zach Thomas in there? Dude's yeah. been waiting for decades at this point. That's an that's another one. I'm gonna look up how how long he's been on because yeah, like you can't even you can't even give Tory Hall the the thing because he's not the best player on the ballot who's been waiting for way too long to get in. It's Zach Thomas. 
I, I think he. I'd put him ahead of Holt. Uh, both of them should be in. I think there's a very good chance both of them get in this year, but it's all it's all numbers. I don't know. I don't know. Zach Thomas d- definitely deserves to be in there. No question. It's it's baffling how he hasn't gotten in just yet. But if it comes down to Zach Thomas or or Tory Holt, I I reluctantly get to uh, Zach Thomas. But hopefully, it doesn't come to that point, and they can just get both of these guys in because there's no question that they both deserve it. Yeah, no doubt. He's one of the guys who was on the 2000s all-decade team, and that hasn't gotten in yet. The others are Dwight Freeney, Rondé Barber, and I'm trying to look at this. I can't remember who the fifth guy was. Uh, DeMarcus Ware. All five of those guys, I think, will get in. Um, but when, when you look, so you look at the, like, cause we have to ultimately get this to five guys. Zach Thomas is also a four time finalist. He also retired in 2009. So him and him and Tory Hall basically had the same trajectory of like not even being finalists, despite clearly being hall of famers. Zach Thomas is a seven time all pro five time first team. Uh, and seven-time Pro Bowler, led the league in tackles twice. I mean, he's he should be in it before Tory if if that's what it comes down to. Uh, I don't think that's what it's going to come down to. You look at the ballot for this year. We name the guys. I think Joe Thomas is a lock, right? Yeah, you'd have to. Uh, and I, I, he's another Thomas that I would have loved to have had. Yeah, I think. Um, like, I think as a result, there will probably be some linemen in this mix that could have gotten in that I don't think will get in because I think they're only going to put in one. I think it's definitely going to be Joe Thomas. He's the first, first year, probably last year. Uh, Darrell Revis, also first ballot Hall of Famer, or first year on the ballot. I also think he's a lock. I don't, I mean, I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, and I don't know if you felt as strongly about him being first ballot as I did. No, I, I was be wrong. Should he be a Hall of Famer? No doubt about it. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where for him, I felt like when he was on top, he was untouchable. And that's why he's locked for the Hall of Fame. But how long was his you know prime, his top? That for me was the reason why Daryl Rivas shouldn't be a first ballot. But if he did become a first ballot Hall of Famer, I guess I wouldn't like be super upset about it, unless you know again you take that away from like Tory Holt and Zach Thomas, who clearly deserve to be in already. Well, Revis's resume, yeah he he played for I think eleven seasons, won a Super Bowl with the, the Patriots. Four-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler total. Uh, was on an All-Decades team. I think, like, when you look at Torrey Hall at his peak, he was one of the best wide receivers in the league. When you look at Darrell Rivas at his peak, he was one of the most valuable non-quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, I I think that the what he brought for those couple years where he was really on top of the Jets, and then he didn't just like fade away like he had a little a little renaissance after he left the Jets he was pretty good with 
he was okay with the Bucks. He was great with the Patriots, first team All Pro that year. And then he went back to the Jets, and he was okay for a little bit. But I think it's kind of like a Terrell Davis situation where he was so good that he that alone for that run of his prime of a couple of years is enough to get in. But unlike Terrell Davis, he didn't just play for four years. Like he played for a decade and wasn't a, a non-factor for the years that he wasn't great. Uh, I think it was really just the Chiefs year where he was done. And I think it's too, like, I mean, look at the ballot. I can't make a case for five players on this ballot over Drell Rivas. Like, I, I don't, even Zach Thomas, I, 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 I don't know. I, I would still put him ahead of those guys. Oof, I don't know if I'd go that far, but that could be just a bias because I, I, I am a pretty big fan of uh, Zach Thomas and, and, of course, obviously, Tory Holt. Well, so so let's do the exercise. Looking at the list, I think, let me know if you disagree. I think we can eliminate these players from being in this year. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, I think probably Andre Johnson because of the receiver logjam. Um, Albert Lewis, Darren Woodson, probably Rondé Barber because I don't think they're going to put in two cornerbacks, and if one of them gets in, it's going to be Rebus. And unfortunately, because I am a strong advocate for this player's Hall of Fame case, I think we can also eliminate Devin Hester. Yeah, uh, I. If you extended the amount of, of uh, players that get, you know, inducted at a time, then I think you can make an argument for Devin Hester. But in the end, I just think it's there's just so many players to choose from that I think that Devin Hester might be waiting for maybe a few more years. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so you have Thomas in there. Um, for the sake of conversation, we'll have four slots left between these players. Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Darrell Revis, Zach Thomas, Patrick Willis, Dwight Freeney, DeMarcus Ware. I kind of feel like it's just going to be Revis and then one of Holt or Wayne, one of Zach Thomas or Patrick Willis, and one of Dwight Freeney or DeMarcus Ware. I think if any of these groups had two players in, it could be Zach Thomas and Patrick Willis, but... The fact that Zach Thomas isn't in the Hall of Fame yet leads me to believe that they're not going to put in two inside linebackers this year. No, I, I highly doubt it. Um, and, and so from that group, I, I think I obviously think Revis, as I said. I think it's probably Halt and Thomas. And then I Ware or Freeney, I, I think I'd go Ware. I think both of those guys should get in pretty quickly, though. I think Ware should have gotten in last year, but... It's just a second year on the ballot. I think that my class would be Thomas, Revis, Hall, other Thomas, uh, and DeMarcus Ware. But wh- where do you stand here? I'm pretty similar. I, the only thing is I, I think I would probably sub out Revis and put in Dwight Franey instead. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I that's kind of a interesting scenario. Do you uh, do you induct to basically pass rushers in, um, and not induct a, a corner or or anybody in the secondary for that matter? And that's kind of an interesting thing. 
uh, there's no ruling that suggests that you have to, you know, uh, divvy up the, um, the induction spots, you know, to certain positions or, you know, uh, only giving it to one per position, but it is not typical to see multiple, you know, at one position it, that other than say, Yeah, well, I, I think they, you know, I, I think they could go two pass rushers. I think out of all these groups we're talking about, it's much more likely that two pass rushers get in than two cornerbacks or two receivers or two inside linebackers. And, I mean, if you add up, like, if you're talking about which group of these deserves two players, it's Dwight Freeney and DeMarcus Ware. You know, again, had Torrey Holt, and Zach Thomas not been on the ballot for nine years, Dwight Freeney gets in over both of those guys. And I think same with DeMarcus Ware. But I think, like, we're getting the point where they've been on the ballot so long. They've been Hall of Fame finalists. These people need to come around. And, you know, like, we could just be spinning tires here not realizing that the same people have been voting for the last fucking decade haven't recognized either of these guys. Maybe it's going to be Andre Johnson and Patrick Willis instead of them because they've had nine chances to put these guys in the Hall of Fame and haven't done it yet. So, you know, like uh, uh, somewhere my gut tells me that that definitely could happen and that they both might be sitting in the silence of the year. But I think like if I'm picking personally, you know, my heart has to go to these guys that have been sitting there that had Hall of Fame careers that need to be put in Canton. You know, this, this is an opening to do it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'd be furious if Andre Johnson gets an overtory hole. Again, not suggesting that Andre Johnson doesn't deserve to get in at some point because that he, he absolutely does. But considering where Tory Holt is at this point in this uh, Hall of Fame election process, it, it's it would be very disappointing to see that once again Tory Holt has to wait another year when you know Johnson basically jumps over him in this case. And that would be very interesting to me, considering that yeah, they're they're he he was on a much different team than Tory Holt. Um, still, I I think in the end, Tory Holt had a 
you know, a better career overall and accomplished more with his team. And yeah, like I said, there was it was a very good team, uh, you know, ninety nine Rams. But at the same time, I if you take Tory Holt away from the Rams, do they win the Super Bowl? I doubt it. Yeah, and and he wasn't racking up those accolades with Kurt Warner every year. You know, he had three years with Kurt Warner. And in his streak of 1,300-yard seasons, I think Warner was really only his quarterback for two and a half of them. Um, so he did it with Warner. He did it with Bulger. He did not do it with the other guys. <laughs> but, hey, it didn't matter. And I think it's not Andre Johnson's fault that he got saddled with that not great team, but that that matters. It matters that Torrey Hall won a Super Bowl with the Rams, and it matters that Reggie Wayne won a Super Bowl with the Colts. And Andre Johnson didn't. And again, all these guys are Hall of Famers, but I think personally that because you only let in five every year, you have to get in Hall and Wayne before you get in Johnson. And because they're all so like they all stack up so well compared to each other. Like they're all they're all good guys. And um, Pro Football Reference has a Hall of Fame meter that they calculate um, to indicate a player's chances of being in the Hall of Fame. Torrey Holt is number six on it this year, uh, oh. <laughs> right behind Reggie Wayne. So it's very close. Um, they have Reggie Wayne at 109, Torrey Holt at 107, Andre Johnson at 93. They actually have Steve Smith in there at 99, who, thank God, wasn't a finalist because that would have added another player with a very similar career to this mix of guys. Um, the top four after Wayne, Zach Thomas is number one. At 114.8, followed by Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, and Patrick Willis. Um, so this is obviously not an indicator of who's going to make it because Zach Thomas is number one. <laughs> but uh, just an interesting <laughs> thing to look at because, like, yeah, they – Halt and Wayne are, have really comparable careers. And I, I think Halt just, Halt just should get in first because he's been on the ballot for five years longer and I think had a better career. But – if somebody wants to sit here and fight me and who had the better career, you know, it's, it's, it's a debate. You know, we just did it. It's one of those things too, where if, if Reggie Wayne gets in before Tory Holt, I wouldn't be thrilled about it, but I can understand. Uh, Andre Johnson, not so much again, uh, not suggesting he wasn't a great player. Cause like I said, he deserved to be in the hall of fame at some point. Just Tory Holt deserves to be there first. Yeah, yeah, no, I, Johnson had a fucking way better career than I remembered, though. Uh, and I think the reason we don't remember it is because he played on the Texans. Yeah, But no he played question. in the Texans. If if Steven Jackson played in the Patriots for most of his career, he'd probably be in this mix as well. If he played on the Patriots, the Patriots would be Super Bowl champs every year. No question. Well, Johnny, I got some news for you. They basically wore a Super Bowl champs every year without him. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> but, I mean, keep in mind that one of the only areas, and oddly enough, it was kind of one of those things where they kind of had a, like a influx of different uh, running backs year in and year out um, during those championship runs. 
inconsistent areas that they didn't really have that, you know, longevity of running back on the team, which is odd considering, you know, this was a team that was constantly going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, just looking up the only running back I could remember being good during that run, when they had Corey Dillon, Corey he Dillon. ran for, yeah, he ran for 1,600 yards. So, like, yeah, they they never really prioritized it because I guess they got, they got by without it. I mean, they had some good guys, but, yeah, you're right. And that was the only running back even of that caliber. Man, that – that that's a terrible thought to to see Steven Jackson on the Patriots. <laughs> well, it's like look at like that that they just never invested big in skill players. Like we all thought Tom Brady was a game manager and then they traded for Randy Moss and he became the guy we knew for the rest of his career. It was just an absolute fucking killer cuz you finally gave him somebody worthy of catching passes from Tom Brady and they go 17 and 0. It's crazy how that works out. Like I, Johnny, I am so fucking terrified for what happens if the 49ers ever actually invest in a quarterback. That's good. <laughs> like if they get Aaron Rodgers next year, I think they're going to go 20 and 0. Yeah, I would be terrified and and to tell you the truth, um I don't think that they're going to pursue another quarterback because they just believe so much in Trey Lance and now maybe even Brock Purdy. Um, me personally, I think that I don't really believe in either one of them. Uh, not that they're, they could do worse. They can have Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting situation overall over there. I think they'll pursue Aaron Rodgers if that's an option. Uh, and I don't I don't think they'd pursue anyone else. And nor do I really think they should because you should play Trey Lance. Like, if he's healthy, you should play him. That that should be your choice. But it's it's just you're wasting time. It's a problem. Every, every year you wait for this guy to, to come around. And that's why when, the, like, that's why we sit here and defend the Matthew Stafford trade of the death, even though we don't have the fifth pick or whatever this year, because every year that you don't win is a year where your team gets older and you end up having to play players money. It's just, you're just, you're burning years. And the 49ers have had one of the best cores in the league for the last five years. And they haven't had the guy at quarterback. To, to really unlock that offense because it's, you know, per, Purdy played pro- well, but he's not the guy. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. Trey Lance might be the guy, um, but we don't know. And if he's not the guy, where do, where do you go from there? It's it, it's an interesting situation. I don't I, – I think Rodgers is going to end up on the Raiders but or the Packers. I, I, don't, I don't know about the 49ers. I don't know if he'd want to play there because of the chip on his shoulder about the 49ers. I mean, Derek Carr is available. I think would you, you would rather sign Derek Carr and start him and end the Trey Lance experiment than play Trey Lance next year? No. Yeah, me neither. But, uh, I mean, it, it just really depends on, you know, how the organization views Trey Lance. 
it's really difficult to say what they have in him because he just hasn't been healthy. It, it hasn't been that long since they drafted him. But, I mean, it, it's it's so much different than, say, Zach Wilson. Um, Zach Wilson, you can pretty much see the writing on the wall that he's, he's not the answer. Uh, but with Trey Lance, you don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Right. Well, but if Zach Wilson got hurt in game one this year, he'd be their quarterback next year. <laughs> like, nice. that's kind of that's kind of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd be I'd rather have Trey Lance at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, we might rather have John Walford than Zach Wilson. That's not true, but <laughs> wow! <laughs> well, you went there. Well, you'd rather have Mike White at this point, so like, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, yeah. I I think they unless they're getting like a whale like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, which isn't happening, but people floated that out before he retired. You have to. You, there's not a better option on the table than the upside of what Lance can bring you. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. And it, and if uh, we'll see how long it takes Brock Purdy to recover, but <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah, if you if you play Lance and it's not it, you at least have a quarterback who you've won games with, who you know I don't think is the guy. But they, it, think about how good this team was with fucking Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I, if, if if Lance sucks, and you have to pop Purdy back in there, I, I, you're not going to be. It, it, both that's a better scenario than signing Derek Carr and ending the Trey Lance project. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, but there he's not going to be their backup quarterback. So no. Yeah, would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy? Nah, uh, I'd go with Brock Purdy. Damn, I think I'd still go with Jimmy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If if I were to go with Jimmy, it would just be because of experience alone. But in terms of potential, I guess, I think I would rather stick with Purdy. Um uh, but it's not I don't know. I I just think that Jimmy G might be a decent backup. But I somehow think he's going to still be a starter next year. I think he's definitely going to be a starter next year. <sighs> and if the Raiders don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to be starting for the Raiders. <laughs> I kind of hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have a feeling he's going to Atlanta. Yeah, I can see that. I can see the Jets. Um, because I think the Jets are going to bring in a vet. Uh, all my Jets. Jet fan friends are convinced they're getting Lamar Jackson, uh, or else, and they won't hear otherwise, uh, which is not going to happen. But good luck with that. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Maybe they could get Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, all right. We rapid fire on some other topics that were out there this week. Um, before we wrap up, this won't be here next week. We'll keep going for a little bit. You, Johnny, you brought up the Lawrence Taylor quote that came out where he said that Aaron Donald isn't a top five defensive player all time. Um, 
I think if you watch in the context of the full clip, it's like a non-story. He said Aaron Donald's one of the best defensive players of all time, but then just said he wasn't top five. Uh, but the guys he named were himself, which is true. Uh, Reggie White, Deacon Jones, Ronnie Lott, Deion Sanders. Um, you know, personally, I'd probably slip him in there over Ronnie Lott, but that's it's Ronnie Lott. Like, I think anyone getting mad about this is is being a little outrageous. And yeah. he put in Deacon Jones, so like, come on. Yeah, it, it's funny because when I first seen that, and, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because when I first seen this, I was thinking to what I kind of like raised an eyebrow a little bit, like. What, what are you talking about, Lawrence? You know, like what what's going on here? But then, when you really think about it, that's good company to be around. I mean, all of those guys that he listed are tremendous players, no doubt about it. And all of them, you know, affected the game in their own way. So while I don't necessarily agree with this top five per se, I mean, there are some that I do agree with. Deacon Jones being one of them. Um, you know, you, you gotta kind of give it up to Lawrence. Um, you know, no matter how you feel about the guy, he was one of the best, uh, you know, defensive players to ever play the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's really not as far fetched as some might think. And I'm not going to lie. At first I was kind of one of those skeptical people, but when you really, really think about it, there, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, we we're not even we didn't even mention guys like Marlon Olson, you know. That that's that's also good company to be around also. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I could sit here and say I don't think we need to mention Marlon Olson because I think Ronnie Law had a better career, or Aaron Donald definitely had a better career is insane. Yep. And also not maybe not true looking at Marlon Olson's uh accolades, but yeah, you when you're in this territory it's like, you know, it's it's like debating, I don't know, those are fighting words in the podcast. It's like debating who's better between Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. Like, Oof, at that point, there. I'm not going to give my take on who it is, but at that point, you're talking about, like, two of the ten best players of all time, but both between, like, six and twelve. Uh, it's, you're, you're nitpicking. And it's Aaron Donald's in the conversation, I think, is what matters. You know, you you can't sit here and say there's no case for any of those five players to be ranked ahead of him. I would probably say, as of today, they all maybe should. But I don't know. Maybe not Ronnie Lott, but I think that's more of a safety versus pass rusher thing. Yeah, that that is where it becomes challenging uh, to... Because even guys like Primetime... Who obviously you you put them you put them near the top there for for obvious reasons, but again like then you're debating positions, and that that's really difficult to do. It it really is. And uh, just so we're clear, it's Kobe. <laughs> I yeah, I won't fight anyone on that. I think putting Kobe in the Jordan and LeBron day is a debate is batshit insane, but. It'll never end. I, I I won't argue that one because that that's a little tougher to argue. But with Duncan, I'm just saying when you when you do a fadeaway on on a piece of trash in the trash can, 
You don't say Duncan. <laughs> you say no, Kobe. And it's kind of like the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning debate, except if Peyton Manning had five Super Bowls. Because, like, Tim Duncan played in the best possible situation his entire career and got the absolute, squeezed every drip of juice out of that lemon like Tom Brady did in New England. Um, Whereas Peyton wasn't totally in that for his whole career, but unlike Peyton, Kobe has five championships, and as a result, it's a lot easier to rank him ahead because he might be. He probably is. I don't know. <laughs> uh well on a on a bright note johnny our guy ronnie rivers won half a million dollars on the las vegas strip playing three three card poker said he's gonna buy a house with the winnings <laughs> i i'm just thinking to myself why the hell didn't i play poker the last time i was in vegas I think the thing is to win that amount of money, you have to, I don't know about three card poker and blackjack. You have to hit that absolute sucker bet where you like put the chip on that little light. And if it hits one fluke card, you win the jackpot and the jackpot has to be really high. Uh, Cause sometimes it's like $50,000 and sometimes it's $500,000. The problem is Johnny, when you play that little thing, you usually play 10 hands and you lose it every time. And then you're like, why am I doing this? And then you stop doing it. Yeah. I'm like the worst gambler out of anybody because I, I lose a dollar and I just think that's a dollar I could have had. <laughs> you have to go to the casino expecting to lose a certain amount of money or else you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And that's, that, what I that's why I'm a terrible gambler. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing pretty good the last couple times I went to the casino, but I have Oddly enough, the only thing that I've ever really won at is blackjack. Yeah, me too, but that's all I play. I, I don't, I like playing blackjack because you actually are like playing something like there's, even though it's 95% luck, you have to put yep. some thought into it. Whereas like. Like roulette, I don't really like because you just you're basically flipping a coin or flipping fifty coins to get one number. Uh, and I, I'd be honest, I don't know how to play any of the other card games. I craps confuses the shit out of me. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I tried learning some of uh, like my my dad loves to play Let It Ride, which is a card game, and I was just confused. I'm like, yeah, the same for me. I'll go play, back to playing blackjack. Yeah, and I, like, I could play poker, but at the casinos, it's I feel like poker, actual poker, is like crazy. Yes. <laughs> Not for Ronnie Rivers, though. Uh, before we wrap up, did you have any thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey hit in the Pro Bowl? It was, mind you, not that I even watched the Pro Bowl. Um, it was the only thing we're talking about. In that entire, not not even just the game, just the the whole celebration. That was literally the only thing we're talking about, and it's because it was an accidental hit that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. When in the year, where, like, imagine if he got hurt in the year where they stopped playing the Pro Bowl. They had an injury, <laughs> like 
God. I heard it was fun. Like, I heard it was better than the Pro Bowl, but I also did not tune in. There was nothing anybody could say to me that would make me want to watch that at all. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I I don't know. All star it's like all star games are fun, but they don't matter. They don't matter. Especially the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst one out of a bunch of bad ones. The NBA one's gotten pretty fun since they changed the uh the format to the player draft and the like fourth quarter you play to a certain number yeah i don't mind it uh, they're doing the draft before the tip off this year which i'm interested to see how that plays out that that is actually pretty interesting and fun it's it's almost like going back to the schoolyard see who's going to be picked first who's going to be the last selected yeah well uh <laughs> The captains are KD and LeBron, and they draft the starters. Or, or I don't. It doesn't even matter. It's an irrelevant point. But I wonder if LeBron's going to draft Kyrie high or just make KD not pick him because that's what he did with James Harden last year. He just didn't draft James Harden until the end of the draft, so KD had to keep passing on him. <laughs> that was interesting. I I, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was so funny. Uh, well, we're going to be off next week. Johnny, you got any final thoughts here? Anything we didn't mention? Who you got in the Super Bowl? I don't I don't recall if I said this last week or not, but I bet a good buddy of mine. Oh, uh, yeah, you uh, did, but say it again. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got to stick with, my, uh, with the Eagles and uh, – because I don't want to go to Iowa. If the Chiefs win, he's got to go to Iowa. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. Andy Reid that, Bowl. That, that's just me. Well, heard well, Iowa. Why would you wish that on me, Steve? <laughs> so you can go see your friend. Well, I guess you're seeing him regardless. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot about that part. This way I have something. <laughs> I don't know. Are we sure? There's not more to do in Iowa than Los Angeles. Probably if pretty. there's any Iowa listeners out there, I think I might have said this last week, but seriously, if there's any Iowa listeners out there, please let me know what I can do out there if I, <laughs> if, if the Eagles lose. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some fun stuff. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So... Follow us on Twitter, at C. Rivero, at Johnny596, at Talk Rams, uh, and be on the lookout week after next. We'll be back.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.